I believe at this point in time, our podcast is now a senior citizen. I'm pretty sure it is. Because, I mean, I granted, I don't know exactly when you hit senior citizenry, but this is episode number 80. It is. So that's like, that's about the age you associate people becoming senior citizens, or at least they already, they're already there at that point. Yeah, they're definitely there by 80. Yeah. They're in the twilight of life. Not like the, the book series. They're not yeah. turning Ooh. into vampires and werewolves and all that stuff. But we got some other kind of wacky shenanigans planned for you today on our 80th episode. <sighs> the Big 8-0 of your favorite podcast, Season Lamb Checkup OVA. Hello. I'm Jared, joined as always by, well, I guess we are talking about one today. The Queen of Atome has, has returned. Doc <laughs> Al and Ladium is here. Hello. This is a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. But uh, we got we got quite a bit of stuff to talk about today. We do. It's a full, it's a full, full slate. slate you, know what, you know what that means. Mm-hmm. We're going to reach in. Into the grab bag. <laughs> it's been a while since we had to to get that old 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 thing out, but uh, we got quite a bit of stuff to talk about today. We got a couple DLCs we're gonna talk about, and then we have a full game, and then like a bonus game add on to that full game we're gonna talk about. Correct. Correct, Amundo. Um. Obviously, we'll probably talk about the DLCs first, and then we will hit the main event a little right. bit after that, because those DLCs will be pretty quick to talk about. Yeah, we'll have the, the side dishes, and then we'll get to the the main course. If you I mean if you want to talk about food, yeah, that that's the way it would be. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we are going to talk about today on our cool podcast that we do. Our cool, cool, cool podcast cool. we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were talking about the recent Splatoon 2 DLC, the Octo expansion, the Xenoblade 2 DLC, and any of the other DLCs you want to talk about because fair game. That's all I got. Uh, and then also, you know, Al and I, we were we were just hanging out sa- Sunday and we're like, you know, what are games on the PS4 that we could play together? And uh, we racked our brain for like an hour. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, hey, I have had a boyfriend. And you're like, oh, I also have that. But I've never played it. And I was like, I've never played it. And then one thing led to another. And we were like, let's let's play that. Let's, let's go through that together. And we did. And boy, was that a wild ride. It was wow. So we'll talk about that. And then uh, Holiday Star as well. The little like. Yep bonus thing that you can get for the holidays but to start off with let's talk about some downloadable content uh, so I played the Splatoon 2 DLC the Octo expansion it is a new single player experience for that game quite frankly is probably the single player experience that game should have had at the very beginning. 
Um, it's it's a lot more fully like featured, like fully thought out than like the the original single player experience was on on the cart, which was just mostly kind of like, hey, you remember the single player from Splatoon One? Well, it's kind of that again. <laughs> Even to the fact where it's like, oh, these are the same bosses and everything. Mm. Which, I mean, you get the the same bosses here again, but, like, they're, once again, like, they're upgraded a little bit more. So, like, there's a different, like, challenge to them and all that. Uh, but it's got, like, a really good aesthetic. Like, it's, like, you took you take all the Splatoon aesthetic and, you like, you mash it with the 80s aesthetic. <laughs> so there's, like, neon and like that. It's a really good mix-up. And of course, like the the big thing about this is that like you're playing as one of like the octolings, which is from like in the in the lore of Splatoon, uh, they are basically. Is, is that a sentence you ever thought you would say? There's a lot of lore in this story, which is not was also not a sentence I thought I would say. All right, let's go. Uh, like like I mean, I'm not like super big into like the lore of Splatoon. Like not that like I don't think it's interesting, but it's just like mm-hmm. not something I've really sought out. I mean, that's probably a lot of stuff out there about it that people have like been chomping at the bit throughout the entirety of this game's release and everything. But uh, but uh, for me, it was uh, a little bit more interesting just because like I haven't really like kept up with that or really dove into it. Mm-hmm. But uh, you play as one of the Octolings and the in the lore of Splatoon, they are pretty much the the enemies of like the Squid Kids and all that stuff. So you get to play as like one of them who has been converted because they heard like good pop music. That's essentially <sighs> the. It's it, weirdly enough, their kind of explanation for it reminded me a lot of Caligula. Huh. To where it's like, oh, you know, if you hear like this certain music, it can change your mind and get you to become like one of the more peaceful people who just wants to go out and do turf wars and stuff like that. Which is not a, not a um, a comparison I was thinking I was going to make <laughs> at all between those two <laughs> forms of media. It's hilarious. But yeah, like essentially, essentially you are you're stuck in like a subway, like a like a train station, and the only way to get out is to get on this train. And there's a phone that was like, "Hey, if you find these things, T H A N G S, you'll you'll be able to get out." But uh. Obviously, some shenanigans happen along the way. Uh, and then you go through, like, about 80 missions. That's about as many as that you get. Uh, you don't have to do all of them. Like, you can pretty much get, like, all the, the things and then bust out that way. But if you do all the missions, you get, like, bonus uh, equipment that you can use later on in the multiplayer. Which is cool. Uh, and then there's a lot of, like, good, interesting story that is, like, sprinkled out through, like, these little chat logs that you get. <laughs> Which are real good. Um, it's a lot of fun. So it definitely, like I said earlier, it it sh- it definitely seems like the the way the story mode should have been like right off the get go. But obviously, with that thing coming out pretty soon after the Switch's launch, like it right. makes sense that this kind of had to get pushed back and not brought out till now. Like if Splatoon Two had been like maybe a game that came out this year. Like, it probably wouldn't make sense to have those things included. But, uh, real, real interesting. Like, very cinematic in spots that I was also not expecting. (laughs) And, uh, they do some, like, real interesting things with, like, just the puzzle design and, like, the final encounter you do where they turn it into, like, the multiplayer part of the game, kind of. Where it comes up, like, oh, this is a turf war. And it's like, okay, this has never been a thing in any of the single player before. (laughs) 
And also, they bring back the character that you play as in Splatoon 1. Really? I mean, obviously, it's not the same, because like, you can't transfer the save over from the Wii U to the Switch, but it's like, oh yeah, this is, uh like, Agent 3 is the character you play as in Splatoon 1, and they are the character that's missing in, in this, like, story's part, so... That's a weird thing to tie it all together. <laughs> but yeah, it I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, way more than I was anticipating. Considering, like, I got through all the story stuff in the original uh, story parts of Splatoon 2, and it was, it was okay. But, like, it was basically a lot of, like, take it or leave it. Except for maybe, like, the final boss. Like, that was probably, like, the coolest part. But this was, like, it was just... It was challenging and frustrating, you know, at parts, just because, like, those puzzles can be that way but uh i think overall like i had a really good time with it and just the way they like they expand on the story and make it a lot more cinematic make it feel like an actual single player experience i think it's well worth the 20 bucks i think is it has how much it is to to get that thing if you already have splatoon 2 so yeah hmm. speaking of dlc hmm. There was, uh, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 has been getting DLC pretty regularly. pretty regularly throughout the course of the year. If you have the, the ex- what is it, the expansion pass thing is what it's called? or Yeah. This, whatever they want to call their, their season pass. But, uh, you know, they premiered that trailer for the new, the big story mode DLC that they're going to put out in September at mm-hmm. E3. Uh, yep. I believe it was a day after we recorded our podcast last week. I'm pretty sure, yeah, because we recorded on Tuesday. When Tuesday, and then um, no, it was Wednesday. And then Treehouse did their like showing off of the new DLC pack, and then like, oh, by the way, it's going to be out this weekend. But I don't think we talked about it. We didn't talk about it um, on the podcast. If we did, then sorry. <laughs> it, it we didn't. And even then, like I have more to say about it now. Right, right, right. Uh, but yeah, like they uh, they announced that thing, and then they were trying, they were doing a little bit about it on Treehouse, and then they're like, "Oh, by the way, we have a new DLC that's coming out. You know, in a couple of days. Here's what it's going to be about." And some familiar faces showed up. Yeah, basically, they're like, "So there's a challenge mode, but what you really care about is that, Hey, look, here's Shulk and Fiora," and I'm like. I saw the image on Twitter of Shulk in the Xenoblade 2 engine. And I was like, that's not right. And I was like, wait, that's from Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And I immediately was like, ow, turn on Treehouse right now. Um, I'm pretty sure there was like loud screeching throughout my entire apartment at that, that point. Yeah. Totally yeah. believe it. Um, so basically what they were telling us on Treehouse is that there's a series of challenge modes that you go through and by going to this land of challenge you can somehow unlock Shulk and Fiora as new blades mm-hmm. for use in the main game. And I was like, well, that's freaking cool. And also they said that you can get um, alternate costumes. Yeah. And so I uh, I stayed up late and downloaded it. Which isn't really and- a big surprise that you stayed up late. It, it's not, but um, I think I ended up staying up until like six in the morning playing it. Also, not a surprise when you get into, when when Al gets into Xenoblade mode, it's like it's she's dangerous. gone. It's real dangerous. Um, so I've been playing it, 
And uh, I will say that I have completely unlocked Shulk and Fiora. Like, they can go with me out into the Xenoblade 2 world now. Um, I don't know what this does with the cannon because of, spoiler alert, the end of the game. But I'm assuming that it's non-canon, technically. Anyway, so the whole gist of the DLC is that you're given this challenge mode. And you are supposed to go through... They limit your level, and sometimes they'll limit uh, what characters you can use. And you're supposed to go through, and it unlocks like a bunch of really, um, really great accessories and some, um, what are they called? The ox cores for your blades. And then you can also go through and get new costumes, which do a lot for your blades. So uh, it's really cool. And then, like I said, Shulk and Fiora are like the ultimate goal here. Right. And um, also that led to some of my frustration. And by <laughs> some of my frustration, I mean a lot of my frustration. Yeah. Uh, because most of Shulk and Fiora's um, skill trees or uh, affection charts or whatever they're called, I can't remember exactly, are tied to these challenge modes. And so you have to, one, keep playing them over and over and over and over. And once you've done... Like, so many of these, at this point, you're like, okay, this isn't really fun anymore. Um, and some of them are just, like, stupid. Like, ridiculously stupid for no reason. And you're going in and, like, some of them will have you at level 60 taking down, like, level 99 enemies. And then, like, the one that I've been playing recently, uh, I'm at level 98, and it has me taking down a level 150. It's totally fair. Yeah, um, so if anything goes wrong, it goes wrong very, very quickly. And, um, I mean, it's cool to get, like, alternate costumes. I like that. Like, Pyra actually having on clothes was kind of cool. <laughs> um, but then, like, Morag has her, her dress uniform without the hat, and Bridget turns pink, and... Um, Zeke turns into a JoJo character even more than he already is. <laughs> uh, Tora turns into Goku. It's true. The the 30th Goku. He is the 30th Goku. Um, so, I mean, you get some really neat costumes, and they all, they're not just, like, aesthetic costume changes. Like, they actually do alter the character's traits, which is kind of cool, in my opinion. And uh, the bad thing is that you have to actually like remove an accessory in order to equip it. So yeah. if you have something set up really nicely, then you don't want to mess with that. That's a bummer. It is. But again, sometimes it's a really good one. Uh, like I kept the, the candy stripe Nia on for a long time because it upped her healing by like 24%. Oh. But then um, when I was playing through the bonus challenges, I actually had them drop an item that was a bonus uh, 27% to her healing. So I was like, okay, well, she's not well. going to be pink anymore. But for a while there, you know, it really helped with her healing boost. So that was kind of nice. Um, so it, it's, it's kind of irritating. Like, Fiora's isn't nearly as bad as Shulk's is. Because Fiora, a lot of them are like... You have to do ten, 10 challenges, but previous instances of doing the challenges count. And then you have Shulks. It's like, you have to do 30 challenge battles, but none of the previous ones count. 
and uh super dumb. so it it's it's really dumb and you know you have to go through and that's another thing that was added they have some new quests that were added and like one of them is so helpful because you essentially make a love potion and the love potion unlocks uh, affinity charts like really really quickly for mm -hmm. blades and so i ran those through on shulk and fjord really quick so that i could have all their affinity chart unlocked so that if anything like if i went through and did one of the the challenges then it would pop and you wouldn't have to be like oh i gotta redo everything again and again and again and again yeah because again. a lot of the ones that they ask you to do are the hardest ones like yeah. there's some on shulk so i'm like i don't know if i can do this like I've failed many times on them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I guess some of the things that are good, it's like, uh, I, I realized that the guy on Treehouse, and uh, I, I know he'll never listen to this, but I'm, I'm sorry if he ever does find out, but his, his builds were terrible. And like, he kept talking about how hard this one battle was and how like he, he if he did anything wrong, it was going to end poorly for him. And, um, I never use Morag ever, but um, I know that she's like a good evasion tank. And so I just like upped her evasion and you're only allowed to have two characters. So I put Morag in as my playable character and then I had Nia in as my healer. And like, I literally just smoked it. It was ridiculous because nothing could hit me as Morag. And then Nia was always hitting or healing me if anything did hit me. And he went in there with, like, Rex as the healer. I'm like, w why would you do that? Why would you ever have Rex go in as your healer? Like, you need a tank. This is why you think these are super hard is because you don't have a tank. But, um, Moral I've of the spent... story, uh, Treehouse, hire Al. She'll, she'll help you with all your Xenoblade needs. I mean, it's, it's just a matter of, like, understanding what each character is built for and knowing, like, what you need. Uh, and like, I did To be fair, thing. like, I I doubt that guy probably had as much, like, know-how about that stuff, maybe. Maybe. So. But, um, like, there was another one where you have to go in with two characters, and I went in with uh, Tora built as, like, a stupid tank, and Nia is my healer, and that one... You know, I got through that one pretty, pretty fine. Mm -hmm. um, but it has led to me rebuilding a lot of my character setup. So, um, although I will never, ever get over what happened to me yesterday. I was so mad. It's real sh**. It's real sh**. Well, the real sh** part was when you had been playing for like, what, six hours? And then the game crashed because you, you can't save in that challenge area. You can't save in the challenge area, and I lost six hours of gameplay. It's real dumb. So dumb. So irritating. So anyway, there's some really irritating parts about this, but there's some also fun parts about it, and it's really nice seeing Shulk and Fiora again. Um, that made me happy. Uh, one thing that I will give some intense criticism on <sighs> is that Fiora has really 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 bad boob physics in this and she didn't have that in the first game hmm. so like anytime she moves in a cutscene, it's just like her boobs just go like eight and it's like what is happening here why is this why is this a thing 
So she kind of got the Xenoblade 2 treatment, and that's really upsetting. Sorry, my cat is headbutting the microphone. But anyway... He's um, also mad. He is, because... I mean, that's the one thing that I will continuously be upset with Xenoblade 2 on, is that, like, there is no need for the level of sexualization that's in that game. Like, zero need for it. And then, like, adding it into Fiora when she didn't have it in the first game is just... Dumb. Dumb. It's really, really dumb. Um, so those are the only two new blades from this one. Um, they're, they've been adding more blades, like, as they've gone along. So, like, the the Torna crew are all in the... in the blade list now, which I have all those. I'm still missing one blade. You are. And I keep trying... And I, hmm. But don't worry. Reggie says that loot boxes are, are pretty okay, so by the time Xenoblade 3 comes out, you'll have to pay for all those and by, the t- by that time, probably. But see, that's the thing, is that I don't pay money for that kind of stuff. I will make myself insane when it comes to, like, trying to make it drop, but I will not pay for it. Well, you won't get any blades next time, then. Because it'll all be loot boxes. Mm-hmm. It's... <laughs> Having like a point zero one drop rate, it's insane. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it was it's it's good DLC. I'm 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 not a big challenge person. I don't like that kind of stuff that much. Right. Uh. So mainly, what I did was like get Chulk and Fiora and then get out. Which, um, if anybody's listening to this and wants uh, a tip. Uh, do the dinosaur um, challenge battle first. Because if you can complete that dino battle, then that's what unlocks them to go anywhere with you. So um, you don't have to like keep redoing things. Fun fact. That was the tip corner with Al. <laughs> Sponsored but- by... What were we sponsored by? I, don't, I, I wasn't going to say anything. So we pasta. didn't get in trouble. Sponsored by pasta. That's generic. Sponsored enough. by cheese. Ooh, that's a good one. What about pasta and cheese put together? Mac and cheese. No! <laughs> Do not say that. <laughs> it is macaroni. We are adults. <laughs> um Anyway, yeah, it's fun. And Probably when we finish recording, I'll try and do some more challenge battles because I, I redid Tora's build and I'm pretty sure I can do this one thing as long as they don't like cheese me out for a minute. As long as it doesn't kill you in like the last five seconds. I, I will fight. You will. Anyways, I believe that leads us now to our main event Main event Woo-hoo. of the evening. Oh my god. Oh man. You know we have we have covered a lot of Atome. We have covered a lot of Atome. Also, this uh, I believe this is a uh, you have to update the ranking of Atome now. Oh shoot, I do. Which if you haven't noticed, we posted on Twitter that I officially have made my my ranking of Atome as of whenever we posted it. It was sometime last week. It was sometime last week. I don't remember when. I I had a whim, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to write this down, and I did. So we do have now the official mm-hmm. ranking of Atome. 
And now I'll have to add this one on there somewhere. I mean, we could we could do this live right now. Uh, I'd have to look at my list real quick. Well, let me let me pull up the list. That's the thing we can do live. Live. I am also pulling up the oh, list. Oh, hey, by the way. look at this! It's right here. All right, let's uh, let's dive into this. Do you have your list pulled up? Uh, working on it. I had to retweet something that you tweeted. Okay. Hey, that's that's my phone going off. All right, here's my ranking. All I right. got it. We're gonna go from the bottom to the top. Okay. Is Hatful Boyfriend better than Amnesia? Yes. Is it better than the, the Hakuko, Hakuki, the Samurai one? Yes. Better than Bad Apple Wars? Yes. Better than Period Cube? Mm, I'd probably put it around with Period Cube. So the question is, is it better than Period Cube? It might be better than Period Cube. All right. Better than Psychedelica of the Black Butterfly. Nah, I think that's where it ends. So, uh, Hot Awful Boyfriend, the number six best Atome game of all time. <laughs> Played by Al. I mean, that's, I believe that's just official anyways. You are <laughs> the queen of Atome, after all. It's true. So There's to, a new one coming out soon. You're going to have to update that list and repost it. Mm-hmm. I need to repost it anyway. Congratulations, to everyone involved. You are That is the top 10 best Atome games of all time. Oh, you realize that like once we, we start getting past this, things are going to get bumped off the top 10. I know. Then we'll be a, they'll at least be in the top 15. Wow. Uh, basically, the moral of the story is keep localizing Atome games. I mean, there is a new Atome game coming out in 10 days. I know. I'm real stoked. Which we will probably talk about at some point in July. Probably. Most likely. Anyways. We like stayed we, some birds. We, uh, we dated some birds. Like we talked about at the, uh, the top of this episode, you know, we kind of just stumbled upon playing this game. We are trying to find something to cheer me up, and we found this. Yes. And and also like something that we both owned. Yep. But had never played. Correct. It was something I as well that like I knew there was some weird <laughs> with this game. Like I knew like on the surface I was like, oh, oh date birds, what a joke. But like I knew underneath the surface it was like, yo, crazy <laughs> happens in this game. <laughs> but I didn't know know what? like exactly what. I just knew like, oh, it's stuff happens. And. I guess if some backstory for a little bit. Um, I was gifted this game mm -hmm. by a friend because he knew that I played Atome games. And he's like, ah, this would be a funny joke. And um, Richie, now I have played it. And I have been enlightened. <laughs> it is no longer a joke. This is real. For something that basically was created as a parody of Atome. Mm-hmm. Does a good job of being a Tome. <laughs> oh, it nails being a Tome. Like it. If there's nothing else that I've learned since I've really gotten into the genre, it's that things go off the rails like really, really crazy. And like, there's just bananas nonsense that happens all the time, and I love it. Like mm -hmm. they don't care what the story is. Like they they just want it to be as wild as possible and just have you dating pretty boys. And I'm fine with that. 
do some really interesting things when you stop caring. And this pretty much says all that as well. We're like, you know, you get a bunch of just bunch of routes. A lot of them go off in completely different directions. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, once you get to the end, kind of come together in ways that you're not expecting. Correct. And it's just a wild, wild ride. So, um, I guess we should give like a short summary of like what this game is in case somebody is unaware of <laughs> yeah. what it is. Uh, it's an Atome game. It is an Atome. All of the boys are birds. All of them are birds. They're like pigeons and doves and um, bird birds. I don't remember. I don't remember what else they are. Birds. 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 Yeah, they're birds. Uh, you play as a human girl mm-hmm. because the society that is is happening in like the twenty second century is where birds became sentient. And intelligent. And intelligent. And now humans and birds live together. Thanks, Brian. They co- Thanks, Brian the Pigeon. They coexist. They do. And then you are the one human student that goes to St. Pigeonations Institute. In Japan. In Japan. And uh, you get your choice of birds to go hang out with and chit-chat with and try and romance Mm-hmm. And it's funny because they really do fall into like the archetype of Atome. Because you have like your childhood friend mm-hmm. and then you have like the snooty guy and you have the, the quiet guy. Like you have all your, your archetypes here. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's yeah. You even have your like Yandere guy who wants to murder you all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just wild that, like, like I said, it, it's a parody. It is a parody. It was meant as a parody, and it just completely just like nailed it. Nails it, because like that's that's a thing that can just happen in general. We're like, oh, like we're doing a parody of a thing and just completely missed the mark. Yeah. But this just like completely just knocks it out of the park. I mean, it's 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 one of the reasons why this thing has become so popular. Like it's yeah. It's not something like, especially because like, you know, Otome is such like a niche genre. It's not something you'd expect to like blow up, at least in terms of like a singular game. But this basically is kind of like subverted all of that. But I think as well, it, it helps that it, it has that parody nature of like, oh, it's, it looks comical. It looks like a joke. But then once you get into it, it's like, oh, no, this is this is a real Otome. Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. So this has been around for a good long while. A, a demo version was originally released in Japan on July 31st, 2011. That came out worldwide on November 22nd of the same year. Uh, Hot of a Boyfriend Plus came out in Japan on August 14th, 2011. The complete edition came out in Japan on October 30th, 2011. Worldwide, February 15th, 2012. And then the remake came out on PC worldwide on September 4th, 2014. And then on PS4 and Vita on July 21st, 2015. It's a lot of places. A lot. Uh, well, how should we dive into this thing? I mean, I guess, like, we should give a somewhat, like, breakdown of each of the guys. I think that'd be a good start. Or at least just how their routes go? 
yeah, yeah, like this is who they are and this is like yeah. the main beats of their route. Like we don't have to go in depth about it because like this part isn't the in-depth part really. Right. Um so the first one we 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 kind of stumbled upon was Ryota. Yeah, um so the first one we decided we were just going to make choices like on our own mm-hmm. and see who we landed on and we got Ryota who is the childhood friend archetype. Also, Ooh, just also like the normalest route. Also, yeah, cross cross dresses, but also like the most normal route of all of them. Yeah, it's it's normal. It's a little sad, but it's normal. It was like it did, it in no way like just sets you up for like what's going to happen. It's like this seems pretty normal. Yeah, no, it, it's pretty normal. Like they're childhood friends. They've grown up together. She saved him because he fell out of a nest at one point. Mm-hmm. His mom is sickly. And he actually has pretty poor health. Um, like he says several times that his stomach is a little bleh. Um, and so, I mean, it, it's it's the normal like childhood friend route. But it essentially ends in kind of like a downer note. Like you don't really date him per se. Like there's a confession. And he's like, I don't know about this. Um, because, like, you confess right after, like, his mom died. So, like, I can understand being a little bit hesitant after that. But, right. um, it, it, it's interesting in the sense that he's like, you know, I don't want to leave you because we have very different lifespans. And, like, that's the thing that I didn't even really think about when we got into dating <laughs> birds. That, like, they do have different lifespans. Birds die a lot sooner than humans. It's true. So anyway, we got our our first taste of dating birds when we dated our childhood best friend Dove, who also works at like a transvestite cafe. He works at a lot of places. He does work. He works at a lot of places. Yeah. He's he's a pure good boy. Tr- yeah. That is true. Also, his uh his his art's pretty normal. Like they all have human art as well. Uh, up next, there is Sakia. Who is uh, the rich character? Yeah, he he is face from uh, Danganronpa, but dateable in this sense. And a he's a he's French. Home, home, home. He's he's French, and he he is a, a fancy pigeon with a neat tail. His story was one of the last ones we got, actually. Yeah. Um, because I didn't like him like the entire time. I didn't like him. I don't think you really cared for him either. But uh, he's he's kind of a jerk. And obsessed with the fact that he's an aristocrat. And a lot of his hate- his his row kind of like goes into that. Mm-hmm. He uh he hates his brother. I was like I will say I was surprised how like how they were able to redeem him like in the late game. Yeah, I agree with you. He gets better, but not in his route so much. Yeah. He gets better in the actual story. Also, he gets jealous of Udon. He does get jealous of Udon. Um, because his entire plot is that, like, he has been groomed to become, like, the successor of his, his family. And really, all he wants to do is play music. Mm-hmm. And she, he's like, hey, Protag, which, worth mentioning, our Protag was named Butts McGee. B-U-T-T-Z-M-C, capital G, E, E, E. <laughs> Yep. So he's like, but what do you love? And she's like, Udon. Yeah. I love Udon. I eat it every day. It's great. I love Udon. He's like, 
jealous of Udon. <laughs> the best part is like he he tells her this in where she lives, where she lives in a f- cave. Cave. The abode. The the glorious abode. Uh, so I mean, it's it's an interesting story that like he's not as like dedicated to this whole aristocratic lifestyle as he puts off. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said, he gets better in the like actual story story. Yeah. Uh, up next, next, up next, the uh, hashtag best boy. Okazan. Oh man. I mean, he's your best boy. He's the he is the best boy. There's he's no debating best. it. No, no, there's there's <laughs> some. Uh, um, <laughs> f- <laughs> man, Okosan is just a weirdo. He does not have a human form. Nope. His human form is just a bird in the school uniform. He only says "coo," but everything gets translated into what he's actually saying. He's a he's the track star because he runs very fast and then every time he runs away you just hear. He's super athletic and super obsessed with pudding. Super obsessed with pudding. Which in and you're in his row you basically start to learn like what he believes is is pudding. Yeah. It's like his religion. Yeah, it's man. It's really something. It made me actually like go and get tapioca pudding out of my fridge yesterday. <laughs> it's true. Because he just kept talking about pudding. I'm like, I want some pudding. It was ridiculous. I love it. Mm. He's your fave. Yeah. Uh, after that is the teacher. Okay. Nagaki. Who basically is asleep half the time. Yeah, he's he's always asleep, and he's. I, I wait, no, no, not, he's the library kid. Never mind. Sorry. Kazuaki okay. is the teacher. Okay. Flip flopping. So let's talk about teacher first, and we'll go to the library. Okay, so teacher is um, Kazuaki. Kazuaki. And he's like you said, always asleep. He's like a math teacher. Or just their homeroom teacher. I'm not sure what. I think she both. Is. I don't know. I think he's both, but he's uh. He's kind of like reserved and aloof. Yeah, aloof. It's not really, and you don't learn basically anything about him on his route. You learn like he is very he's hiding stuff, mm-hmm. and he's suspicious. Like he knows more than he's letting on. Correct. And um, at one point, the protag finds a picture with his phone that like has somebody scribbled out, and he's like, "This is why I can't love anybody ever again." I lost this person and I don't want to lose anybody. Mm-hmm. And then he says, like, basically, when you graduate high school, come and find me again. Which, I mean, I always have issues with, like, the whole dating the teacher thing. Right. Um, I did respect at least that he's like, let's wait until you're older. Then we'll see. Like, that made me feel a little bit better, but it was still a little weird. Yeah. But like you said, like, you don't learn really anything at all. No, we were, we were both like, okay, we know nothing about him. Something's going on with him. And you don't learn that until like the very very end. end. Uh, speaking of characters, you don't learn a lot about during their route. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is the library kid Nagaki. Nagaki, um, yeah. So he's he's a he's a quiet guy who loves books. 
He's in the library. Um, he's in a library. Uh, she she begins to suspect that he lives there. Hmm. Just too far off. Not too far off. Um, he was one of my favorites. In general, I like before we got to the end. I was like, I was real curious of like what exactly they were going to do with him because like because he has his route and then like nothing else afterwards. Yeah, like, he's basically just never brought up again unless like it's just like, oh, I'm in the library for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So that was like it was real like weird because like he was the second person I believe we did. He was the second person we dated. But it was like after that, I was like, oh. We- <laughs> Just forgot about him, I guess. I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, because everybody else pops up within other routes, and he just doesn't. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it makes sense because he's dead. Yes, that's the um, big reveal well, of his. He's uh, he's a ghost. He's um. But even then, like in his route, you don't like get, you get like, oh, I, I probably killed myself, but yeah, you don't get a reason it, of like why or like how. He says he probably killed himself, and then he feels like he can't leave the library because that's where he did it. Um, because he tries to go out the front door, but can't. Yeah. Um. Although I think at one point in this in his route, he mentions that he can go vertically. I don't think that's in his route. It's not in his route. I, okay. I think it's later. Okay. Anyway, he can't leave the library. From what he mm-hmm. he thinks, he can't leave the library. Like I said, I liked him. I thought he was neat. Yeah. But again, like more unanswered questions that aren't mm-hmm. basically answered in his route, but they will pop up again. A lot. He's actually one of the most significant characters of the game. Yeah. Uh, after that is Yuya. Okay. The older brother. The older brother of Sakia. He is the um, flirtatious third year. And he is um, basically the common born of the two from what we are told. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they say is that, um, they had the same mom. Right. But, um, Sakia has, like, the fancy aristocratic dad, and then, um, Yuya doesn't. So that's what we're told in their routes. And, um, Yuya, you don't really learn a whole lot about I mean, you know that he cares a lot about his brother, even though his brother is, like, he hates him, basically. And that he's, like, working with, like, some secret society or something? He's working behind yeah. the scenes, like, with some, with, with doing something where, like, you learn, I think it's in his route or, like, another one of the other routes where, like, there's this whole political thing between, like, two different parties and he's working with one of the parties. Yeah, there's the Hawk Party and the Dove Party. Mm-hmm. And, and so you find that out that he's he's like an agent. And like the the whole like divide there is that like the Hawk Party wants to get rid of humans and the Dove Party wants to like coexist with humans. Correct. So yeah, you learn like he's doing some weird stuff in his route, basically. Mm. I liked him. Yeah. His blue hair and fake glasses. <laughs> uh, after that was the person that we booed a lot. Ooh. Ooh. The doctor. AKA hashtag the worst. The worst. 
Literally every time he came on the screen, we booed. <laughs> He's so creepy. He's very creepy and um, not very nice. He does. No. He does some things. He, yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah, some things. Um, like feed you your friend twice. twice. Well, once, but you have to do that. You have to do his ending well, twice. Right. And, and maybe kind of casually cut your head off. It's not even maybe. He cuts your head off. And then puts Actually, it in like a you, glass if, jar. If you total up the times that he cuts your head off, he cuts your head off three times. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. It's really not romantic. No. No. Don't don't no. cut off the head of the lady you're trying to woo. Definitely do not. Mm-mm. Uh, after that is one of the characters that you have to kind of like go through a couple of routes to get. <laughs> and I believe, I, I think we might have been pronouncing his name wrong. Yeah, probably. Because the Japanese is on on Heru, so maybe it's on on Yell. Uh, on Yell. Because he is Filipino. Mm-hmm. But he is, man, he is the Chunibyo character of this game, and boy. <laughs> Is this something? His route was hilarious. Um, she calls him the the Filipino banana man several times. Yes. Um, he he's a bleeding heart, so he has like a red thing on his chest. So people always think that he's actually bloody. He calls himself the sinful crimson angel of Judeca. <laughs> <laughs> and he calls the protag something. Eat all blau. Yeah, like everything about his his entire story is basically him like following a deep evil within the school and um, bringing the protag along for the ride. But it, it's it's like all steeped in like mythology and insanity. He basically believes he's like wrapped up in like a a like a huge fantasy like RPG or something like that. Yep. Also, he's in the manga club. He is in the manga club. Mm -hmm. And uh, his route ends in a very interesting way. It's an RPG battle. It turns into a RPG boss fight. It's a turn-based battle. Man. It's so good. It's real good. Oh, man. We were, we were losing it. Because <laughs> it's not something you expect. No, no. He was wonderful. And then it does that, and you're just like, oh, okay. We're going there. So good. Yeah, he's a he was he was a fun one. His was one of my favorites just because of how ridiculous yeah. it was. Yeah. After that, we meet a girl bird. We do meet a girl bird, and I thought we were gonna get to date her, but we didn't. No, we just help her with her relationship issues. <laughs> Or if we don't help her with our relationship issues, then we join an all-girl delinquent girl, like all-girl delinquent gang. motorbike yeah. group gang thing that follows all traffic laws. It's real good. Uh, that is Azami, mm -hmm. who you meet after you just go running, and then she's like, "Hey kid, I got a scooter. We I can take you back to town." Like the cut of your jib, <laughs> carved into your soul. Carving in your soul. Um, and she follows all traffic laws, and she's a takoyaki saleswoman. Yes. 
and uh, she's been looking for another character named Rabu, who you meet when you when you get the job at the the bird cafe. The bird cafe, and he was like a former gang leader who is like who's gone on the straight and narrow because he wanted to to make sure he was out of that life. After like Azami confessed to him, he was like, oh, "I'm gonna go get some good, get some real jobs, save some money, and then and then I'll be okay." But then I didn't say anything to her, and oh god! And then she confronts him like, "What the?" F-? <laughs> so yeah, then like you get the choice of like, oh, if if you don't help them or you don't help her, you get that old girl, <laughs> delinquent, traffic abiding biker gang. <laughs> but if you do, like they they end up getting together, and it's real nice. Yep so good real good uh after that i believe the only one left is the uh the bonus character they added yeah which is tori which we accidentally got yeah because <laughs> i accidentally hit the wrong thing i was like oh whoops we're going into this then <laughs> uh he is a he's just a weirdo who's very colorful and wants to take out the doctor which, I mean, granted, hey, more power to him. But also, it's like this weird delusion of grandeur where he's like, I'm going to exact revenge on him because he knows who I am. And yep. it's going to be glorious. And then Butts is just like, he has no idea who you are. Yeah, he has no clue. He's like, what? What What do you mean? That can't be right. It, it's, a, it's a weird one. To say the least. Yeah, it, it it didn't leave as much of an impact. I actually forgot about him until we got to the second, um, like, pack of it. Because he shows but, up a little bit more frequently. Yeah. But yeah, that's that. That's pretty much all the, the characters you get in the, the main game. Yeah, so then um, after you've dated everybody, you can start the BBL and Bad basically you just boys love. you start a new route and it's like uh do you want to f- live a normal life or fulfill a promise and you have to say that you'll fulfill the promise to start this route mm-hmm. which i was like really confused on and then things just get crazy where like it changes the text box to a different color it changes the wording of hot up boyfriend to hurtful boyfriend mm-hmm and everything goes completely haywire. Because, I, I mean, I guess if we get into spoilers here. Yeah, we're going to get into spoilers. Uh, the protagonist dies. Yeah, so um, she's told that Ryota uh, is not feeling well. And so he went to the infirmary. So she goes to check on him. And then, like, the next day, Ryota's like, hey, Teach, where is she? And like, oh, she she didn't show up today. And turns out that, um, like, hey, maybe you should go get this box of stuff for me. I need this box. And then, like, huh, I'm I'm bloody, but I don't hurt anywhere. Why am I bloody? Open the box. Oh, this is her head. Yep. And all the other classrooms have, like, have been distributed other various parts of her body. Yeah, like, parts of her leg and things like that. And then, like, the entire school goes under, under lockdown. And everyone's very confused. Like a dome just like covers the entire school. Yeah, they told there is a, a state of emergency and to stay in the gym. 
So basically after that, it becomes like you play as Ryota and you and Sakia go around trying to investigate what's happened. Yeah, they're trying to figure out who the murderer was and like what the dome's about. Yeah. All the while, you basically, you get the, the actual reveal of like who um, uh, the uh, the janitor is, One, mm-hmm. who's been working mm-hmm. with Yuya, who you kind of know he's been, they've been working together through Yuya's route, but you you get to learn that his his actual name is Leon JB <laughs> and he's like a high ranking like spy who's been planted in the school to make sure there's like no other like hawk party members like infiltrating the school and Yuya is working with him obviously cuz they're on the same party uh so he becomes like a big informant to help the the two of them and basically they're going around investigating everything. There's like a giant scarecrow that shows up. Mm-hmm. That's like a robot and like is trying to just destroy them. So like that becomes a deterrent along the way. Also, they basically learn to like, oh, some weird shit's been going around, going on at the school, especially with like the history of the school. Mm-hmm. And then. And we also find out that the protag died of asphyxiation, but she wasn't like choked physically and she was dismembered after she died. Yes. Um, All the while, like I, basically Ryota's like, oh, I bet the doctor did this. Yeah. Which I mean, like it's, it's a solid guess. And also because like they, they, they question him and uh, Yuya. They're like, mm-hmm. Hey, did, did she show up to the, to the the infirmary they're like nope no she didn't totally Mm -hmm. didn't except like you know the knowledge of like oh before the 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 protagonist switch happens she heads to the infirmary Mm -hmm. and Ryota's like well this is a little bit weird i don't think they're necessarily telling the truth but i don't know but as the player you're like oh they're definitely lying because she definitely went there uh along the way ogosan's like hey I saw some weird person show up yesterday. They were like bloody and I bet they were, and I think they were heading to the infirmary. So you get like a red herring there of like, well, who is this? And then it turns out it's just on Cause mm-hmm. he's got his little blood splotch on his, on his chest, <laughs> which I called by the way. Yes. Um, but also like, they, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, go ahead. Cause I was going to go into story bits. That's exactly what I was going to do. <laughs> I was going to say, they go to the headmaster's office at one point. Yeah, they go to the headmaster's office at one point and realize that he's dead. And that everything was pre-recorded. Because the the headmaster gives him a message like, oh, there was a a state of emergency, a natural disaster happened. Please stay in the gym. And, like, doesn't answer them or anything. And they go up there like, oh, well, he was was murdered. Yep. They find, like, a control panel for the the dome and then some uh, Some some files files on Operation Hotful. Um, and then the file on the transfer student, yes. which is rigged with a bomb. Yeah. So they take that back to to Leon. He's like, "Hey, can you uh, do this?" And like he's like, "Yeah, I got this." And then Yuya gets onto the panel and hacks it um, to and- open it up. So like they're going to go and escape, or at least I think uh, one of them was going to go up and just like see what was going on because they they look up and like oh well, this blue skies like nothing mm-hmm. nothing seems to have happened out there. A few of the students like somehow get out into the field and are like what what are we doing cooped up in the gym? There's a hole up there. Let's get out of here. So one of them flies up and then bang, you hear a gunshot 
and the the bird that flew up there is dead. Yep. And then the the hatch closes right afterwards. So they're like, "Well, that's weird." Yeah. So we find out that um, the human representative, which is the protagonist, that she was like basically like a goodwill gesture type scenario. And so she was attending the school. But if she were to die and the campus gets sealed off, the humans will arm themselves mm-hmm. and then they will sacrifice everybody in the school. Mm-hmm. And it has to be... Um, the moment that they discover that she's dead. And then like 12 hours after the dome encapsulates the school, that's when the dome will come down and the humans will storm in. Yep. So we're on a time limit now. We're very much on a time limit. Uh, so basically they're like, well, we need to find out more information about this. So they go to the library. And before they'd gone to the library and Ryota was like, I feel like there's someone here. Or at least I yep. feel like I'm hearing someone. And then he becomes attuned to, to Nagaki and is able to see him. And Nagaki gives him a little bit of help, like, oh, by the way, uh, if you want to find the, the right encyclopedia, it's behind the counter. And they find out, like, oh, there's this, like, whole medical center that was originally with the school, but it got burned down in the fire five years ago. Mm-hmm. So, like, they, they go to, like, the other building and snoop around find like another encyclopedia there and yeah they find out that this one has two sixes and the one in the library had two nines Mm -hmm. so they find that i think a little bit like more information but not a whole lot because they can't get to the downstairs where the medical center was because it's been walled off yep also the scarecrow shows up again and they're like ah we gotta go oh um how do you pronounce it Anyel. Sure. He he says that he did see Protag at the infirmary at this point as well. So now they know like, oh, something's up. But they don't know what. Correct. Uh, so, um, if I remember correctly, at this point they split up so that they can like distract and he can get to the infirmary, right? Yes. Yeah, so Sakia goes Since to the the lab where, where everyone's doing supposed the to be autopsy. at. But I believe, like, one of them's missing at, at that point. And then Ryota goes to the infirmary and finds that, like, the doctor has files on, like, a few specific students. And it's him, Sakuya. The protag. Protag. Nagaki. Yes. And I think someone else. Maybe Anyel or Yuya, mm. one of those two. No, it's just those. I looked it up. Okay. And he gets knocked out. Yeah, he sees them. Like he he opens up. I think one of them, and he's like, "Oh, there's a there's a paper here," and then gets knocked out. When he comes back to, all the the files are gone. But he does find the bloody student ID of Protag. He does find the bloody which confirms yes. that she was dismembered there because she was not dismembered until after she died, mm-hmm. and the ID is bloody. So. So Ryota basically is like, okay, well, it's clearly they did it. And obviously also along the way that like Sakuya has been like, you know, forget about your biases towards the doctor. We got to think this out logically. Except Sakuya is like, has this respect for the doctor because like he saved his dad and all this. And also along the way, the doctor has been like, 
look, Ryota, you, you will figure this out. You just have to remember everything. And he's like prodding him with these like little hint jabs that really isn't helping him, but makes it seem like, oh, the doctor knows more than he's letting on, which obviously, yes, of course. Yes. So I believe like they go back and confront again and not a lot gets gets said. They confront Yuya at one point and he's like, can't say anything. And the doctor kind of gives him the same thing. Basically, I think I think after that, um, Ryota goes back to Nagaki and Nagaki kind of spills the beans on some stuff about him being like down in like the the one who kind of starts the fire. Mm-hmm. So you learn that like, oh well, Nagaki, that's how he died was that he's the one that started the fire for the medical center for whatever reason, and that's how he died. Also, he makes mention that like, oh. I should base I should have passed on from this place, but like something is keeping me here. Mm-hmm. Like whether that's because like there's still parts of me here or what, I don't know. And that's like a that's a very clever stuff. But uh I think after that they go back and they confront the doctor in the infirmary. Mm-hmm. And basically he's like, I I didn't kill her. Still didn't kill her. You can tell, you can ask me, you can ask you, yeah, we didn't kill her. But also, like, he becomes a little bit more, oh, this is, he also, um, this is where he's, like, he starts treating Sakaya like dirt. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, that's strange. <laughs> Why is he doing that? Yeah, he keeps basically calling him, like, a mongrel and, like, saying that he's common and all that. And then basically gets ready to kill him. Yeah. But, uh, Yuya steps in and takes the blow for him. And by the time everyone shows up, everyone, this is like where we are just like, oh, you definitely did it. You definitely killed her. And he's like, nope, still didn't. By the way, if you want to meet me, go find the medical center. And disappears that way with the, the scarecrow dude. Yep. Uh, this time, uh, Yuya and Sakaya get left by themselves so they can have like a, a heart to heart. Yuya reveals that Sakaya isn't like his half brother, but his full on brother. Mm-hmm. Because he basically hid the egg that would become Sakia and destroyed the egg that would have been like the actual bloodline relative. Yep. And did, and a, did, a, did a switcheroo and then destroyed the egg. So that's a big reveal. He said that there was something in him that like made him want like his brother to be treated right, mm-hmm. but also that it was like his way of getting revenge in the sense that like he would be raising his full brother as opposed to like his actual like blood and all. It, it was intense. Cause he didn't like the dad. He didn't like the dad. The, well, his the, dad was apparently terrible. And like the, the new dad killed his old dad, his actual dad. Right. So there's that. And then Yuya kind of gets left to be hurt a lot. Uh, they basically reunite again, everyone. And they get the, the teacher, uh, uh, worth mentioning though that the the scalpel was um, laced with poisoned. a with a like a nerve agent. Yep. Uh, so so after that they kind of all reunite. It is like Ryota, Sakia, Kazuaki, and Angel, who they basically are like they learn that like oh, he has this thing where he's able to lure people into like his fantasies. <laughs> yeah. And that's why they're so strong. But eventually they're like, okay, we need to find a way to get to this medical center. There has to be some way that's not that connects them from this main building 
to the next building. And then they, they stumble upon the, the place in the, the chemistry like prep room where it's just hidden behind a mirror. There's a door there. And uh, they all go down there. Uh, once down there, they run into the scarecrow again. Well, they're told by um, they're told by Nagaki that that that's the room where they went through. That they went through that chem prep room that um, whenever they were doing the the right. research. So that that's how they know to go there yeah. is because Nagaki's like, yeah, by the way, you should probably check there. Yeah. And this must be when he reveals he can go vertical, right? It's it's around this time. It may be a little bit later. Because he can go to the room below, which is the chem prep. Yeah. Um, when do we find out what the operation had a full was? Around this time? Yeah. I believe. Because you have the whole, sure. the whole monologue from the doctor being like, oh, I'm doing all this stuff. <laughs> Uh, so they have to fight the scarecrow, and they do that by spraying it with water, and then using a stun gun on it <laughs> that they got from yeah. Leon. So that enable disables the the scarecrow, and they're able to to go forward. And I believe this is where they kind of get like a bunch of the info about that. And then he separates Ryota from uh, the other ones. Yeah, from the teacher and uh, Onel. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is where you learn that like the Operation Hotful was like. Get biological warfare biological warfare like getting this virus and then implanting it into a new, into a new bird to basically because it's a virus that can kill humans like instantly mm-hmm. and it was in nagaki yeah nagaki was the original carrier that's why they basically experimented on him he got tired he of got tired of that and, and basically was like i'm gonna f- kill myself and so burn he did. this place down and basically, that's what he wanted. He wanted, like, a way to get rid of his body completely so that virus would be gone and no one else could use it. Correct. Because they kept bringing in humans to mm-hmm. test it, and he kept seeing people die, and it was, like, destroying him mentally. But uh, this is where you kind of realize, oh, well, he didn't necessarily—they didn't—they were able to recover some part of him. Yep. Because, obviously, there's still cells left, and then you get, like, the reveal of, well, the— <gasps> the doctor had been tampering with Ryota's immune system mm-hmm. to a point to where it would become compromised enough that it could accept this virus. And then, like the previous day, he puts it into Ryota, and then the Rotag comes and sees him, and she dies because of Ryota. Yep. Um, it's it's crazy. <laughs> it really is. Which we suspected that we killed her somehow, but we weren't sure how. Right. And this is how. Yep. He uh, he put in the the liver. Yeah. So like, basically, the doctor kind of like smooth talks Ryota and be like, "Hey, you know what's done is done. You remember the wish now. What if we just we just get that done? We'll figure <laughs> it out together. And then like he he implants Nakaki's liver into Ryota. Mm. Which gives him, like, basically the full virus and makes Ryota go crazy. Uh, I think before he did that, I, I got ahead of myself. He does the reveal of what the Scarecrow was, because this is yes. what breaks him. Yes, that 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 is right. Uh, the Scarecrow was the Protag's brain in, like, a robot body. Yeah. 
And by shocking it, he's basically done like complete and utter damage to the brain. Supposedly. Mm-hmm. So, so I, that's what breaks him. Because he's like, oh, I just killed her twice. Well, nothing left to do. Um, while all that's happening, where like the while Ryota's like just taken care of, um, the doctor like puts a poison, like starts releasing a poison gas in the room where the teacher and Aniel is. Mm-hmm. And then Sakaya and I believe Okusan are the ones that show up and like get them out and then come to confront Ryota as he's like gone crazy. And then basically they're able to get rid of him, get, like get him back to normal. We get another RPG battle. We get another RPG battle, which is real good. And then basically they we find out about the promise then right we find out about the promise which is like after after protag's like parents die right yeah so what happened is that um her her human parents are basically like negotiators yeah and they get shot in a like terrorist situation in this orphanage and um so Protag is outside the building with Ryota and Ryota is basically like, I want to live in a world where the humans and the birds don't have to fight anymore. And he's like, is that your wish? And yeah, that's my wish. And then. Ugh. The doctor does not do a good job of, of um, interpreting that. Yeah, and he he also misinterpreted, um, in a way, like his Ryota's dad, mm-hmm. um, because we find out that they work together, and that um, like the doctor had some form of like affection for him, and uh, when he's dying, he's like, "You need to do something for my son. If you ever meet him, like, don't go out of your way to meet him, but if you ever do, like, do something for him." and mm-hmm. Doctor's like, oh, okay, this is your wish. I can do this. No, buddy, this is not what I meant. Tragic. So, Doctor's like, all right, I'm done. I'm I'm defeated. We'll go. This is fine. This is how it ends. And then things continue to go ape. <laughs> and things get even crazier. So, like, they're all like, okay, well, we can get everyone out now. We There's a way out that will get us away from the humans and all that. And then, basically, as they're getting ready to leave, the teacher pulls out a pistol and just shoots the doctor twice. Yeah. And as, like, the doctor is kind of, like, he doesn't die, but he's kind of fading. And he's like, I remember that Nagaki's only brother was also a quail. And I was like, what? Because basically, he shoots him and he's like, where's Nageki? Yeah. So that's the big reveal that the teacher was Nageki's brother. They were the only survivors of that orphanage mm-hmm. that um, was basically the whole hostage situation. And the human terrorists were killing everybody in there. And basically they cornered Nageki, but his virus killed them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, doc- no, not doctor, um, brother teacher guy was like, Oh no, we're the only ones left. We'll, we'll live together. It'll be okay. We're we're the only family we have left. And then they do that, and then like Nageki gets a an invitation to the school, 
It's like, oh, well, we we know a way to 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 get him better. Yeah, because he keeps getting sick, yeah. and it, it's it's a big burden, and he can't go to school, and he can't get a job, and it's it's bad. But uh, it, it's just a ploy to get the the virus out of him, and then basically the day where he's going to set the fire is when Hitori or Kazawaki like basically sneaks into the the medical center is like going to get him out and then he sees he sees Nagaki there and is like oh what are you doing you should get out of there we can go and he's like no I gotta stay here I gotta make sure like nothing nothing about me stays and basically Nagaki like gives him like two wishes and mm. he's able to interpret the first one but then the the second one gets warped to where he thinks like oh I gotta take revenge yeah, basically he like goes insane watching his like one living family member for the most part like die in front of him, mm-hmm. like commit suicide in this horrific way. And then he fakes his own death and then becomes a new quail. Yep. <laughs> and then basically after that you get this like weird scene where he he traps Ryota and is like, Where's the liver at? I'm gonna get this, I'm gonna take him back. I'm taking Nagaki back gonna go home we'll be fine and then uh, you get this whole scene of like Kazuaki like battling with his shadow self that has like taken over his heart and then Nagaki shows up and is like hey bro this isn't what I wanted what are you doing you dummy what were those wishes that I said again please repeat them for me like there was no revenge here I didn't say that so there's a big ordeal about that, and then they get it all situated. Uh, they come he back. He finds out that like the one wish was for him to live. Yeah. And then like they they come back. Everyone's like, "Oh, everything okay?" And like, "Yep, it's all sorted." <laughs> so like, <laughs> "Okay, we need to get out of here now. We are out of time." And yep. then Ryota's like, "You guys go. I'll stay here." They're like, what? No, "Otherwise, what? I'll no. kill everybody." Yeah, that was the whole thing. Like, if I leave, like everyone's gonna die. And he's basically like, "Hey." find a way to fix this to reverse this and when that happens come get me and i'll leave and then basically everyone leaves and it's just then ryota the ghost of nagaki and protagonist ghost the protagonist ghost or whatever because he ends up like recapping everything to her yeah. and she says something ridiculous that i can't remember what it was it was so funny so you get a little like a uh, epilogue, yep, of like what everyone's been doing afterwards. Yuya lived. Yuya lived. Teacher is pushing Doctor around in a wheelchair. That yes, that is true. That was funny. <laughs> I believe Saki is like bankrolling these new medical advancements to try and figure out a way to get Ryota back. And then basically the end is like. It's like Sake be like, "Hey, we we uh, we 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 found something. Yeah. We think we got this." And then, basically, it cuts back to like where they're supposed to be at, and you get a little bit of dialogue between Ryota and the and the protag, and then you see your Sake being like, "Hey, what are you guys doing? I told you, I'm a man of my word. I told you I'd come back for you guys." <laughs> that's the way the game ends. It was it was crazy. It was so off the rails. It really was. Mm-hmm. 
Because definitely, like, going into that one specifically, like, we knew it was something. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what, because, like, there's this trophy. like, oh, get the BBL ending and epilogue. And it's like, well, those are different than just the named routes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But, um... And it's crazy, like, as the protag, you're dead the whole time. Yeah, that was I wasn't expecting that. No. And it just, like, it, it's, it's a good way to kind of, like, bring everything together that you know and also don't know and at least you need to, you need to find answers to mm-hmm. that haven't been revealed yet and also just like bringing everyone's kind of routes together in a, at a point and it does a good job of just and also just being bonkers in the way that Otome is in general oh totally and I was really proud of myself I called the teacher thing at one point yeah because I put it together it was like he scribbled somebody out it's got to be him it's got to be him ow I just hurt myself <laughs> you goof I got real excited. <laughs> so yeah, that is uh, that's the main game. And then we played the holiday version. There was a uh, there's a bonus little kind of sequel, kind of just like expansion, companion piece, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Hot off a boyfriend, holiday star. It's a the return of Butts McGee. The return <laughs> Butts McGee's return. Uh, essentially, this is like, hey, what if the the BBL ending didn't happen, but this happened instead. Like a what if yeah. scenario. It's it's an alternate. So you get like four little episodes that take place during the holidays, and then six little mini episodes as well as well as some radio where you get some Q and A with the fans, which is real goofy because it's just real meta and breaks the it's fourth wall meta. a lot. And um, a few of your letters get read, Jared. Yeah, it's true. My really mm-hmm. letters focus on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but how much you love him? It's true. And that you want to eat pudding with him. Yep. Uh, so the episodes are actually kind of chronologically in order, which is kind of not what I expected. I thought they would just be their own separate things, but they do kind yeah, of I thought so too. move in order. Uh, the first one's about a, a thing, a, a band of thieves that are stealing Christmas trees. <laughs> and you have to like figure out who they are and what they're doing and why they're stealing Christmas trees, which is a wild, wild wild ride there's a tank there's a tank at one point you realize that Saki is very obsessed with christmas and christmas trees mm-hmm. the school gets because bombed France. the school gets bombed <laughs> uh, and then like basically you learn that it's just the the work of these little these two little critters named miru and kaku and they just they just like they really like christmas they're like weird, um, like bird hybrid mammal things yeah. that were created by, um, basically, it was Ryota's dad, right? Mm-hmm. Or like the the and team so, he was on, but he's basically the one that like kind of tried to take care of them at one point. And so the doctor takes them on because he's like, I have to do this. But now they are they're Christmas terrorists because <laughs> they love Christmas too much. They love Christmas so much. But uh, like the the showdown happens at like Saki's mansion, and like they bring a tank because they're like, we're, we're gonna get this Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> and then like it it proves like it, they're able to they're able to get stopped, and then the doctor learns that like that Ryota's dad was the one who kind of took care of them, and then basically decides to take them in, which is real weird. Uh, following that, we get a little bit of, like around New Year's where we get a story about Aniel and trying to break into the manga industry. So you get to go to Comic-Hat 
Come get. And then uh, Tori spots him as like, I bet you I, you're the one. You are exactly what I need for my magazine. And you're like, okay, well he's gonna get scouted. That's cool. Also, Ryota is cosplaying. Ryota is also cosplaying as like this <laughs> fake precure anime. <laughs> Uh, but then they learned that like, oh, Tori is just like taking Anya's blood because he realizes what his what his like blood does, and just like keeps like harvesting that. And then there's this big showdown where he's gonna destroy Tori's gonna destroy the school to take out the doctor. That's still his plan. Using the uh, the fantasies of fangirls and otaku. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then <laughs> to, to combat that, uh, <laughs> the protag, Ryota, and, and, the teacher. and the teacher decide to cosplay as the uh, the anime Hatokach Pretty Cool. And they cosplay as all of them and have to say the lines right so they were able to to do one of the, the show's like powers. Like it's just a big, big shield. <laughs> That's how they save the school. And they're able to like deflect one of the the beans back at Tori and destroy like their that building. It's real goofy. It's super goofy. So good. Uh, God. Uh, after that, you get one that kind of like ties together. You mm-hmm. get the day the night slept before and the day the night slept after. Where it's like, oh, there's going to be a total lunar eclipse. Uh, they're going to do an event for the school. So you get to come late at night and watch it on the rooftop. Yay. So everyone goes and does that, but then they all fall asleep and fall into a dream. Where Also worth mentioning that uh, Nagaki is actually able to go. Yes. Because he can move vertically, so he, he can, can go get to the, the roof. roof. And also, like, somehow... Protag can see him, obviously, but also Ryota can see him here, and Okusan can see him here. Uh-huh, but uh, Sakuya cannot. Yes. Ogosan's like, you have to be pure hard to be able to see him. <laughs> so they get stuck in this dream world where, like, they go to uh, a world where it's the holiday star. Supposedly it's the holidays all all the time. And they run into mm-hmm. the king, and he keeps giving them, giving them these little quests that they gotta do where they run into basically everyone, and they're trying to do those quests, and then once they do those, they'll go home. But uh, eventually they figure out, oh, well, we do the quest, but then we can't get home. It turned to, There's it, no platform. It turned to pre-dawn, but then it's nighttime again. And then, like, the next half of the episode, or the, the second half of the story, which is, like, the fourth episode, is like, well, how do we get mm-hmm. back home? And <laughs> it basically turns into Tori, Yuya, and Leon being like, well, we got to infiltrate dreams Tori's gonna shoot the moon, shoot at the moon to get the clouds out of the way, and get them all to wake back up so they don't go into vegetative states. It's intense. It is very intense, and basically it just turns to like, oh well, this is a fake star that the the king made because he was real sad because he got befriended by this dude who basically just killed him, and then decided he didn't want to be lonely anymore, so he kind of lured in a bunch of dead souls and then had them all come into his own being so they'd all be one person it was so dark it was real weird and dark like he just kept repeating at one point like i want to die i want to die i want to die i want to die i was like oh my god real dark at one point 
Holy boy. But uh, basically, you got to defeat him, and Nagaki's the one who has to basically destroy the fake star because he's like, because the king's very okay. scared of him. Yeah. And I guess it's because he's kind of dead anyways, and he's like, well, I have friends. I'm okay with it. Yeah, he's dead and has friends, so he's a scary person. Yeah. Uh, so they're able to do that and eventually get back. But then along the way, like, there's just been this character they called the Migrant. Yep. <laughs> they just keep running into and basically gets revealed that, like, oh, that's Ryota's dad, who's just, mm -hmm. like, just going along for adventures throughout his uh, his afterlife. And is able to convince the king to, like, hey, you know, we'll figure this out. Hey, that's part of adventure. You know, the train's not that bad. We'll have a bunch of people here with us. It'll be a-okay. You'll make friends. And we'll go on an and adventure. Give, he gives Ryota, like, a, a little jewel, and he gives the doctor a fossil. Yeah. And then, basically, they're able to get back home and wake back up. And not be super dead. Yeah, it's it's intense. I mean, like, they, they all have to kind of, like, face themselves to break out of the, the egg mm -hmm. and decide they want to go home. Especially, and then we get short stories. <laughs> yeah, but just in general, especially just for, like, a weird, like, holiday thing, like, I think it captures, like, just the spirit of, like, crazy Satome and oh, just yeah, totally. super wacky storytelling but that is basically in line with the original game as well, and it's, a, it's real fun. Especially, and the threat of being cooked by the doctor is still there. Yep, totally is. <laughs> uh, so the short episodes are you get to go to the shrine with everyone. Mm-hmm. And you can you can basically view those with like the regular bird images or their human sprites that they that they are shown basically once in the main game, and then this is like you get a little bit more of that. Yep. Uh, outside of that, you get the Legamitene Chronicles, or however you pronounce that. Beans. You get to talk about beans, where Tori tries to steal all the beans because no one gives him beans on this day. <laughs> And it's Protag and Okwasan be like, what the f***? Stop. Uh, there's another one called The Midnight Attack of the Nightmare, where it's about Aniel being like, all right, I'm going to go watch the, the, the lunar eclipse. It's going to be great. I can't wait. And, like, we were talking about this, like, well, wait, he wasn't there. He never showed up. Yeah. And this goes into why he doesn't show up, where he just, like, he goes back home, and his mom's like, hey gonna have dinner are you still going to school later tonight and he's like yeah like we'll come down and eat here soon so he goes to eat dinner and then passes out <laughs> and his, his mom's like oh you you you, you kid so he, i'm trying to remember the uh the phrasing that he used like the dark demon the dark demon of fatigue <laughs> yeah fatigue yeah real good he says that his eyelids are are weak and just passes out. Yep, he he sleeps the whole time. His mom tries to wake him up to regret it, but but he's he out. Didn't, he didn't he didn't get to go. He was so sleepy. Uh, Albert's secret, which Albert is the butler Sakaya Sakaya who you meet in this in this game, and you learn that he's an assassin. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was originally supposed to kill Sakaya, but then he saves Sakaya, and then Sakaya's like, hey, why don't you uh, become, I'll hire you, you can try and kill me, I'll give you the signal whenever, but also this is a way that you can protect me. <laughs> he is obsessed with contracts. Yes, he's um, obsessed with legalese and contracts, and if people void the contracts, he's very bummed. 
because Sakia, like one of Sakia's half siblings, mom was like trying to get him killed. Mm-hmm. That the butler wasn't doing his job right, so she hired somebody else, which then voided the contract. <laughs> he kept going on like, "Well, the the person who sent this contract to me voided it, so I guess there's nothing else I can do." And like he didn't have to keep his uh his secrecy anymore because she voided the contract, so he just made his own contract with him. All He's wh- like, "I am." All the while, Yuya was like, no, that guy's real shady. Like, I should look into him. And he finds out he's inside. He's like, oh, God, he's going to kill him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he sees him outside with, like, a knife that goes and then goes to the bathroom. But, like, it was Saki. He was like, hey, I need to scare the, the two kids, the two little dove hybrids, because they're just keep they're going into my bath. <laughs> uh, there's one called Preliminary Inspection, where the teachers go on a tour of Kyoto. This was really weird. Which is weird because it has Hattori, Kazuaki, and Shu, but Hattori and Kazuaki are the same person. Yep. So that was strange. And it's basically like a tour of Kyoto and like what you should see if you go. If, if you want to go see birds. If you want to see birds, yes. And then the day the night slept after after, which is a bunch of like bonus scenes from that final episode that you get to see a little bit afterwards of like them being on the train, um, what the fossil said. And just some other little, just little tiny bonus things here and there. And yeah, that's basically it. It was, it was crazy. This entire thing has just been something I was not expecting. Yeah. Like I, like I said at the beginning, like I knew this thing was weird, but man, I'm kind of bummed that like it took me so long now to, to play this. Cause like it rightfully so is very good. It's very good. I'm really sad that I had not played it until now. But I usually don't play games on my computer. Right. I think it, I think it definitely made it more fun that we did it together, so we could like oh, revel in the the wackiness and have someone like just riff off of and make jokes the entire time. It made it a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. It but was yeah, really fun. that was that was a wild, wild ride. I'm so glad we played it. Yeah. Um. I mean, if you are also looking to to get into this i think it, it's you can get it on pc and ps4 and vita like it, i think it's pretty cheap like i don't think it costs that much to get so and honestly like a lot of what is so good about this is the dialogue that we literally can't get into everything because like that we'd be here for days yeah the writing is fantastic the writing is so good and that is why I like it so much like the story is fantastic yes the characters are great but like the writing is just spot on hilarious like it just it goes into like it, it breaks the fourth wall it goes it gets very meta they talk about like oh if you want to know what, about this thing you should find this thing that wasn't released in English oh whoops <laughs> <laughs> like they just do stuff like that it's and in general like it's just very witty very good dialogue that I I I'm not sure I was necessarily going to expect coming from this this type of thing no <laughs> it was really good and we learned that the protag is a hunter gatherer yes she is a hunter gatherer <laughs> blood boils <laughs> she's also obsessed with weaponry she is yeah it's great there's a point where like oh she goes hunting with a copper sword and one of them's like isn't that kind of counterintuitive? Because it would just be a blunt, we- or like it wouldn't do anything and cut. And like, oh, she just likes to hit them and like, bl- like use like bludgeon them, bludgeon them to death. 
Yeah, it's like, it was, it was what great. What are you doing? I mean, she lives in the cave, so. It was it was a great game. It's really good. Like I I very much enjoyed it. And uh, I think uh, I mean obviously if you've played a Tome, you will definitely enjoy this. But I think even if you haven't. Like and just like yeah, because I mean you you've played like one Atome. Yeah, I played Could Realize. Yeah, and and like you were really into this too, and it, it it did its job of cheering me up, but also like it went way beyond just cheering me up because it was genius. I think like if you want like a soft introduction to Atome, like this is this is yeah. a very good one of those. I agree with that. Because like like it's a parody, it's comical, but also it it is very it's much one of these. Atome. Yes. It's so, like if you were like. If you've heard any of our episodes and have been like, you know, I, those sound interesting, but like, I don't know. Like, this is. This is the one to get. This is the one to at least try, I would yep. say. So, yeah, two thumbs up. Because I have two thumbs as well. It's true. Four thumbs up. Uh, I think that's going to wrap this episode up then. Yeah, uh, I guess we should go eat some pudding. We should definitely go find the pudding god. <laughs> And do that. Uh, hey, if you'd like more from us, go to SeasonalMyCheckup.com or SCC.cool where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like the Seasonal Anime Checkup and Jared and Now Watch. And you can find columns and reviews on the site as well. You can find my columns on CountryRoll.com as well. That's a place Ooh. to go. You can find more from Al at Anladium.com. She has columns hey. and reviews of her own. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash AnimeCheckup. It's where we do Twitter and it's where you can find the official ranking of Atome. It's true. It's true. And I, I might update it. Uh, you can follow us on Patreon, patreon.com slash SACOVA if you would like to support this podcast. Hey, dollar might not seem like a lot, but it does wonders it helps. for us. Uh, next week, we will come up with something. We have we have ideas, we have the list, but we also uh-huh. have like some games that we have played that we can talk about. Uh, there's, there's options. We just haven't... We didn't come in. We didn't set things in stone for this podcast until last night. So, yeah, yeah, it was literally like, a, oh, what should we do? <laughs> um, yeah, we'll figure something out. It'll be, it'll be, oh, oh, next week, we'll talk to you about some anime. Oh yeah, we will. I'm about this life. We're gonna we're gonna have an episode about uh, one of the surprise hits of the spring season. We will talk to you about Caligula. Mm-hmm. So look forward to that next week. Yeah. And until then, um, I don't know, we'll read up a bunch on philosophy and psychology and all that stuff. Use it to hit on girls. Use it to hit on girls in a, in a swamp boat. <laughs> <laughs>